Hello and welcome to What's The Story. We're an inquisitive bunch of hosts from the What's The Story team on a mission to uncover stories about faith and courage from everyday people. And to help us do just that, we get the privilege to chat with amazing guests and delve into their faith journey, the hurdles they've overcome and the life lessons they have learned along the way. Now, if you enjoy our podcast, don't forget to subscribe and sign up for our newsletter on our website, which is whatsthestorypodcast.com. It's your direct line to the latest episodes and detailed show notes, and they all get delivered straight to your inbox. And the best part, it's absolutely free. What's the Story is brought to you by Crowd Church. We understand that stepping into a traditional church might not be everybody's cup of tea. And that's where Crowd Church steps in, providing a digital sanctuary, a safe space to explore the Christian faith where you can engage in meaningful conversations rather than just simply spectating. So whether you are new to the Christian faith or are in search of a new church family, we invite you to visit us at www.crowd.church. And if you've got any questions, just drop us an email at hello at crowd.church. We're here to help and would genuinely love to connect with you. And now, without further ado, let's meet your host, and our very special guest for today. Hi, and welcome to What's the Story. My name is Anna Kettle. I'm one of your hosts here. And this is a podcast full of stories all about faith and courage from everyday people. Now, today I'm joined by my friend Katie Parker. Katie is a Christian mental health advocate and a trauma-informed well-being writer who integrates mental health and faith into her words. She is originally from Slovakia, as you'll probably detect in her accent when we chat in a moment, but she now lives on the south coast of England with her husband, Chris. Katie writes about her own journey of overcoming trauma on her Journey of Smiley blog and also hosts the PTSD My Story Project, which is a safe online space for trauma survivors to share their own stories and also help fight the stigma surrounding mental health. Now, Katie, that all sounds pretty cool, and I'm looking forward to hearing more about it in a second. Thank Thank you so so much much for for joining us on the podcast today. Now, there's so many interesting parts of your story, and I'm keen to unpack all of them. There's like a difficult childhood that you had growing up in Slovakia. Um, and then more recently, you lost your mum to cancer, which is very sad. And you've also been involved in a major car accident that had some really life changing consequences for you, actually. So I want to get into all of that stuff. But I guess, shall we start right back at the beginning? And maybe you could tell us a bit more about your background, about what life was like growing up in Slovakia and and how you became a Christian, too. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, um, I I was born in Slovakia. Uh, Yeah. And... Yeah, my life in Slovakia, uh, you know, I mean, I I have lots of cousins. They are a big family. I've got lots of cousins. My mom comes from a big family. I came from a big family. Uh, yeah, and so um, 
I kind of, when I think of my childhood, I always try to think like of the happy times, you know, making, meeting up in granny's place and holidays and yeah, um, having all the cousins or uncles, aunties, everything all together. Uh, but then as well was the side of, uh, yeah, growing up in Slovakia and my family, immediate family, my mom, did have a quite a hard life, I must say, unfortunately. I mean, um, as I said, she comes from lots of uh, children. Yeah, she was one of the oldest. Uh, so, and so she had to kind of help lots of time at home as one of the oldest. Um, then she got married and um, my father mm. uh, was alcoholic, unfortunately. And my mom as well lost her first child very yeah so the first child actually she lost as well before i was born so uh yeah she had to go through lots of things you know but to be honest um she was always my role model because mm. she was very strong yeah she was very strong she was very strong in faith and that's how my faith mm. yeah that's where my faith comes from you know is from my mom because uh yeah she was everything she went through you know um and how strong she was always in her faith is really something I admired actually many times. Mm. And then um, after I finished uh, school, I went to Germany. Um, I studied there as well. And mm -hmm. after that, I came to England, yeah. And I studied in England as well. But while I was in England, um, mm -hmm. I studied here at the university and I met here my husband. Yeah. And that's where we live in England, the South Coast. Uh, but when I came to England, um, my mom became ill then. Uh, she got cancer, unfortunately. And it was really tough because I was here in England yeah. and she was living in Slovakia and I think is many times people who, you know, when we leave our country, uh, we think we can go for something better. And so usually it is hope for something better. And so, but then when something like this happened, when you, yeah, mm -hmm. when you kind of suddenly have something going on at home and you cannot just, you know, go in the car and drive there in, in an hour, be at home or so. It's always kind of said to you yeah. in thing where you think you kind of almost think if you if you done if you made the right decision if it is all okay and so but my mom was an amazing person when it comes to this she always supported me mm -hmm. she always was you know after my dreams like yes yeah you know you go you go you you got to go really you mm -hmm. know and so this, she wasn't somebody who would keep me at home and so. So, yes, yeah, it wasn't easy, but uh, we managed mm. uh, for years. And luckily I was working because um, I was working in school in a private uh, kind of education. And so it was easy for me to go every six weeks, uh, really, uh, to mm -hmm. visit her, go home. Um, then unfortunately the cancer returned again and mm -hmm. she lost her battle then. And it was very strange, uh, very, yeah, very hard as well. Yeah. So, yeah. That's so tough to, like, it's so tough to deal with grief and just having someone dealing with long-term illness in your family, any kind of long-term illness where, yeah, you're having to travel backwards and forwards internationally. That's 
it's just such extra stress, isn't it, on an already difficult situation, I'm sure. And yeah, to have to navigate that, I, I can only imagine it's just very yeah, but you know, you just, you just do what um, you have to do, you know. Yeah, you, yeah, that's really tough. It's what you have to do and then, yeah, that's what yeah. you just try and you just, you just pray, really. I mean, I just pray that I would be able to do this, you know. Um, and yeah, I was just grateful as well for this, that I had the opportunity yeah. and that I could go every six weeks home. And so, let's see. Yeah. But you weren't, you weren't unfortunately able to be there in time no. for when she actually passed away, were you? Like she, um, yeah, because of, because of the travel. Yes, it so was. So that, that must have uh, been know, really tough as well, I, I can imagine. Um, I had her operation myself actually at the time when she passed away and my uh, kind of my plan was that because my brother was then at home and well he, uh, he as well kind of moved then away from Slovakia but then he came um, the last f few weeks yeah last several weeks when mom was really bad and he came and he stayed there and I was hoping to go afterwards. I was thinking, okay, I'll finish my university year, you know, I'll go home and I will be there with her. I look after her. And so, and the plan was stayed, as I said, I went every six weeks home. In summer, it was for longer because I could stay for longer because long summer holidays. And so, but then, so I was home in February. And then six weeks yeah. after, I supposed to have my operation. I already had a ticket home to go on Sunday. And my operation supposed to be on Friday. And even my mom was like, oh, you know, like you shouldn't probably travel, you know, like mm -hmm. like parents obviously <laughs> getting a little bit worried, you know, you shouldn't perhaps travel straight after operation. And so I said, no, yeah. don't worry, ma'am, we'll be all fine. And my brother is at home. He can look after me as well, <laughs> you know, and all this thing. But I was like, no, it will be all fine. <laughs> but, you know, we many times we plan. God has got different plans as well. Not everything is in our power as well, and we cannot control everything yeah. that's true and so as i was stay um, in hospital already prepared for the operation now i was born obviously in this uh, kind of hospital gown lying in a bed and so and i fell asleep you know and then now yeah. i got i woke up because i had a dream like i could see angel in my dream and i woke up and i was thinking oh was it like did i already have my operation mm. or so like like what was it really like I don't even know how long I slept actually for. Uh, so I uh, reached for my phone. And then as you have a phone, you see sometimes the first line kind of of the message. And so, and I could see there was a message from my brother and it said in mommy's in coma. Yeah. And I was, oh no, I, I kind of panicked. I was, I was even scared to open that message, you know, I was like, Hopefully, I, I didn't have operation <laughs> looking at me like, I think mm. I'm still over, I have to toilet. And as I was there, I, in the bathroom, I opened the phone, actually opened the message. And I read it then. And I was a little bit kind of thinking irrationally as well, because I was thinking, what am I supposed to do? Like, do I run away from hospital or like what? Like, I don't even know what am I supposed to do? I, but I need to go <laughs> home, you know? And so I phoned my husband and he luckily, he was yeah, able right. to book me into the last plane and last, last, yeah, space actually in a plane, the last ticket back home that day. 
And um, so I was thinking, okay, let's now just take a deep breath and start to think like rationally what you're going to do. So obviously I need to go to see somebody and I need to tell them. So I did find mm. luckily some nurses and I did tell them what has happened. They were very, actually very good because they were, you know, they were like, oh, like, is there maybe like we could phone to hospital? And I was like, no, it's actually not in this country. You know, I need to go home. So they were like, oh, no, like, yeah, don't worry about it. Like, we can oh. schedule the operation for another day. And so, so I was like, okay, my husband came to pick me up. And, yeah, we just did drive home. We packed quickly and he made me something to eat because, like, before the operation, you don't, you're not allowed to really eat anything. Mm -hmm. And so, so I was thinking, okay. Yeah, and I was thinking, yeah, okay, course. give and take, who knows when I'm going to have, like, food again, like, just, and, you know, your stomach kind of, you don't really want to eat anything, but then you feel like, I probably should have something. So, I had some, yeah, something small to eat, he made it for me, and I just packed a cloth thinking, you know, I'm probably just going to yeah. die at a funeral, really, to say goodbye, because what else is going to really happen, there is not much really yeah. to it. So I packed my black clothes and everything mostly and we were driving to the airport and we got there and I remember we had a bit of time so we sat and my husband said okay I'm going to get some hot drinks and so, so he went to get us something and I just know and then like as he left um I had a phone call and he looked at me because my phone just started to ring and he looked at me and, and that was my auntie and she just said and I Unfortunately, I, yeah, my mom passed away. I didn't manage to get there. And so I just look at him, he looked at me and I was mm. just shaking my head saying, no, we, we just didn't, I just didn't make it, you know? So it was the longest journey than home because I had to take a plane, then train, mm. night train, you know, and everything. Okay. And I was just thinking, you know, it's almost, it's almost like, you don't really think this is actually really happening. You don't really think, you know, you're like, well, I'm, yeah, yeah. It's really yeah. like being in a shock. Really. Like, you think like, shock. no, I'm like, yeah. no, it's not. Like, you know, it's it's going to be okay. Yeah. Like, when I get there, it will be okay or so. But the thing is, it's not unfortunately. So I got home and I remember yeah. uh, the next day, actually, or actually was maybe the same day. My brother actually asked me if I would like to go to see where Mama is, kind of in the coffin, and so before the funeral, you know, and I said, yeah, of course I would like to go, you know, and we came there into this room and now my mom was laying and she kind of, she smiled, she really, she was there with a smile, closed eyes and so but with a smile, now, and as I walked in, what I saw, and I said it now, I shared it with a few people and I don't really know still what I'm supposed to think about it. Maybe it's a sign or so, but I saw my mom all, almost like, like she lifted up or so, like from like lying, she's kind of sat up, but like gliding, yeah. Um, and she just looked at me and she just said, you know, so you, you finally you're here and you know, it's such a smile. And then she back kind of glid back into the lying down position. And I was just totally shocked because I was thinking I so much wanted to come here, but now I'm like, I'm, I was really like almost like scared or so. I was thinking, am I getting crazy? Like, is it because I haven't really had yeah. any sleep? Is it because like, like what's going on? Like I was thinking, <laughs> like, 
and, and I just kind of ran away from the place out. And my brother was like, you okay? And I was like, you know what? I really don't like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't really know what, if I am okay and what I should think about it. So I said this to him, I shared it with him. And then I was thinking, uh, you know, I was actually saying this um, quite recently to a therapist there, and she said to me, what do you think it kind of men? I was like, you know, that, that's what I'm kind of just trying to think all the time myself, really. And, so, and then she said, do you think in men maybe like some sign was in your son? I said, like, I wonder if it was a sign. Maybe my mom knew that I obviously wanted to be there. You know, and now thinking that some of my family were actually they were there, my brother, yeah. his family, and so and I wasn't there. It was really for me. So that you just kind of beat yourself for this all the time. You know, you think why, why I didn't come just a day earlier? Why I just you know? Yeah. So I was thinking, I wonder if his aide was just saying, her saying it's okay, you know, it's, it's all all right. It's all all right as it is. And you don't need to blame yourself. Yeah. So, but as a human, we often, you know, we often blame ourselves for things like this. And I did blame myself. Yeah. 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 It's, easy to, it's easy to feel guilty, isn't it? Because, um, because you didn't make it in time, but obviously there's nothing you can do, could have done in that case. And in some ways it really feels like, and I sort of like listening to your story, it feels like God's great grace and hand was on that situation, even though it was really tough and you were really far away. It's like yeah. the fact you didn't go into that operation when, you know, minutes earlier or something, that that text came through just in time. It was like kind of, even though you didn't get that chance to say goodbye that I know you really wanted, mm -hmm. it's like God's grace was sort of there and he didn't let you go through the operation when you needed to fly home and see your mum and then that kind of whether that happened or it's just the mind I don't know but like that moment you had where you just felt like your mum saying it's okay to you and you know that that peace like it's really good that you were able to get a little bit of closure and it sort of feels like obviously it didn't unfold quite the way you wanted it to and it was disappointing that you didn't get to say goodbye face to face but also, yeah, that feels like yeah. kind of like the next kind of best thing, like, like, you like, know, like, like, like I really needed it probably, you know, so yeah. Yeah, even though it kind of like scared me and I didn't know what, what should I think yeah. about it, you know, but then I think now actually with the time and so I think, yeah, I probably needed it. I probably just needed to kind of say, you know, it's all fine. It's all okay. You don't need to blame yourself for everything, yeah. and, you know, because, because we often do people because, you know, when no. things like this happen we always kind of ask things like you know what could I do still you know I could do this different if I just do this you know or whatever so we, we often do kind of um, yeah. blame ourselves and it comes yeah really with grief um, yeah comes this blaming and even shame really you know and all these things so uh, yes yeah. yeah but I think now as I think about it, you know, I as well, uh, it, it was quite hard, obviously, when my mom passed away. And, uh, but it was so hard, actually, yeah. to, you know, my, now my husband, actually, uh, then we were still kind of dating to get in. So, but I, I didn't want it even to get married, you know, for, for a while after this. I was just thinking, no, I don't want to, because I couldn't imagine not to have my mom there. Yeah. 
you know, like obviously every girl or I know when they get married, yeah. kind of having your mom there and, you know, all this thing. And, and the, um, my, my uh, father passed away as well. But then, as I said, they were divorced. And so, uh, so I wanted to have my mom there, obviously. And uh, for a while yeah. I was really thinking I will never get married. And then, you know, I, I met somebody, actually, a friend of a friend, I think, uh, was it, whom she was going to get married then. And I, and she kind of asked me, if, like, oh, would you go? And so, and I was like, you know, I said to her, like, I probably would ne never get married because I said to her what has happened. And, so, and she said to me, but, you know, she said to me something that really kind of hit me. She yeah. said to me, now, imagine you would say this to your mom because she passed away or she departed and she's not anymore in pain because she left you you're not going to get married like how would she feel yeah. if you would say this to her and i was then thinking oh gosh i would never say this to my mom like i would break her heart you know i could not just like have my mom here in front of me and saying to her like mom i know you're not in pain now anymore i know you're not suffering now anymore but because you left me i'm not going to get married i was like Oh gosh, I would never be able to say this to her, you know. So I said to her, you know, I yeah. never was actually thinking this way. That yes, yeah, you are right. Obviously, uh, I I would never be able to say this to my mom. And then I think, what if I like, what would I then say to my mom? And what would she say back to me? Obviously, she would want me to get married. She would want me to still continue in my life to be happy, and so you know. So. Yeah. And that was another thing what I just, after this, yeah. said, you know, I think my mom will be happy for me if I would get married. So and then we just, yeah, eight years ago, we got married. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, eight years ago is your anniversary this week as well, you're saying. So, yeah, I think you're so right, though, because it's, I think grief is, and it's such a tricky thing to process, isn't it? And it takes time and it can make you feel so emotional and can really change your perspective. But actually, I, I think that's really insightful because it's like those who le leave us, you know, um, you know, mm. I, I kind of think those of us who are left behind, the best tribute to those we've lost is to continue to live our lives fully. And, you know, I think that about, people I've lost I think the best way to honor exactly. them is to live the best life I can you know yeah. because I still get to be here and they, and and they would want it life. you know and, so, and it is yeah, not like because you know um, first actually really I was insightful. thinking as well no is it not like then like I've, I didn't like my mom or I didn't love my mom because I would want to enjoy my life or so but actually it's not because yeah they would want to do this actually you know they would want us to do this and uh, so i think yeah. and as well grief is you know grief is not like Definitely. okay that my mom passed away i grieved and now it's all fine grief is not like this grief comes you know the time comes when when yeah. you suddenly you want to cry and then just cry. Yeah. It's fine, you know. It, it is okay cry. No, just just allow yourself as well those yeah. emotions. And so, you know, I mean, as long as you don't stuck in this really, then then you know, God gave us emotions for a reason. I always say so. So and I think that's okay to feel whatever you yeah. feel. Because this is well the way to heal then, you know, if you don't allow ourselves to 
really to feel those emotions and we just suppress all the time then we never really get really the healing you know how do you want to be whole if you just don't allow yourself you know to do this so and i went through this <laughs> i went through this last my through this myself really because yeah, as you say, there have been so many things in my life. Yeah, my mom and then obviously my accident as well, what we probably were going to talk about as well. That was another thing, uh, really. Um, because yeah. I think I, until then, I was trying to, just anything would happen in my life. I was just, you know, going to go like, oh, it's okay. You know, I saw my mom she was like always COVID everything. She was that fighter really person and even the cancer didn't break her the first time and so I was like you know she was and I was like always want to be like her but then you know, later kind of notice like you know we, we never kind of at home talk about for example about trauma so we would talk about fate we, she would bring us to fate and to and God and so but we would never like you yeah. know even those things are still sometimes I think taboo like mental health trauma and so you know and so first after my accident like two months yeah. after when I had um when I was diagnosed with PTSD and so um first then I actually was really thinking I need to heal but but maybe I actually need to heal from everything really because um you know my accident yeah. so yeah i uh, just talking actually about it briefly yeah tell us a little bit more about what happened because mm. you had a road accident in yeah. 2020 you were involved in a serious car accident yeah. and it actually almost cost you your life at the time so tell us a little bit more about that and how that affected yeah. you and then we'll talk more generally pick yeah. up again on that that whole theme of like healing from trauma and yeah. you know the impact on your mental health but yeah just just backtrack a little bit and tell us uh, so, a little yeah, bit so about 2020 yeah what, what a year was it 2020 you know, for everybody probably <laughs> a year not to forget really and <laughs> uh, yeah just yeah just when i was yeah, thinking COVID, okay this cannot be yeah. actually any worse than year. you know it's coming towards the end so yeah just a few weeks before the end yeah no, for me, it just really came then. Uh, yeah, I was going home from work and I only live like about 10 minutes from my work. So I was walking. I was walking and as I was crossing a road, um, a car hit yeah. me, a fan hit me. And I just ended up on the ground, obviously lying on the ground. And I even... <laughs> I even remember kind of in my mind, I was just kind of saying to myself, just get up, just get up. But I couldn't, I could not even move really. So um, then again, it's the silver lining. See, again, yeah. God, thank you. Usually because there was lockdown. So my husband was really just 10 minutes away or five or so where it happened. Uh, so somebody went to, because there was a witness as well. So somebody went to get actually my husband. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then... Uh, yeah, uh, my husband came and then the hospital, um, and the, uh, yeah, the hospital cars, the ambulance came and all these things. And I, unfortunately, I had to go to hospital by myself, not with yeah. him because of lockdown. And so, uh, so, and he took me to hospital. I had all the scans and everything. And mm -hmm. they did actually figure out that I had a, um, fracture, yeah, a, fr a fracture in my back. So I first couldn't move at all. Uh, then 
later on i was on at the yeah. walking frame yes yeah with the walking frame and a week later actually i was on crutches i know it was first time on crutches and there was physio or occupational therapist or whichever with me uh we were kind of uh going doing these exercises you know teaching you how to walk with crutches and all this thing and i know i was coming back towards my bed and there was like a big window in front of me and i look at it out of the window and I could see the traffic, I could uh -huh. see the ambulances, yeah, ambulance cars. And I just stood there and I couldn't even move, you know, like frozen. I just stood there. I was in my mind back then, you know, where it was all happening and so. And uh, yeah, yeah, the therapist like looking at me, she's like, are you okay? And when she asked this, I just broke into tears. And she obviously knew what was going on. Um, mm. I kind of did have my first flashback and so, so she uh, she said to me you know let's go to your bed and we close the curtains inside and she said so what I was like well have you seen outside and she's like yeah and I was like have you seen the cars and she's like yeah I was like, I was like yeah well, what about cars were there and I was like yeah ambulance cars and I was in the ambulance when I got here you know so it was really I was like I was back there and everything and I was thinking I'm getting crazy like I, I'm just I don't know what is happening to me I'm getting crazy and mm. yeah and, and it stuff, was she said to me express. you know she said to me almost like yeah. I was so lucky to be honest like God sent me those people in my way really for a reason because she said to me, yeah. don't worry, you know, that's kind of almost as yeah. if, as if they just kind of expected that something like this would happen. You know, so she said to me, don't worry. Uh, you know, um, it was just really matter of the time, uh, you know, and uh, you are, you know, this is just a normal reaction. This is totally normal reaction. There's nothing wrong with you. And so, and I luckily I yeah. had a pastoral care in the hospital as well. Very good pastoral care as well. The priest who came and we talked. But really, you know, me going through That's all good. this drama in my life, it felt like the accident was like the cherry on the top. And it just like opened the Pandora box and suddenly everything just started yeah. to fly around, you know, all the traumatic things I went through just started to fly around. And so um, I, as I, I like in Slovakia, I wanted to yeah. study journalism and I used to write in Slovakia. And so I haven't been doing so since I left country and I lived obviously in Germany first and in England and so I, I didn't do any writing or anything. I've been doing anything like this now being there in a hospital yeah. by yourself in lockdown now with a head like this i was thinking go oh, to you know what i really don't care just give me paper yeah. and pen and i need to empty my head and that's what i did and that's why so much now writing and talking and yeah. speaking actually and writing about this so much about how writing can help us with the healing because I honestly think, you know, I'm so grateful that we have Absolutely. something like writing and that we can empty our head on paper. And so, because I just wonder, you know, not not being able to have visitor, nothing, being there by yourself. I was really grateful I could just take a pen and paper and empty mm. my head and uh, really just actually writing was therapy for me then. Yeah. And so, yeah.
and that's and that's basically where your blog and like all the work you've been doing since then started from. I mean, it's amazing, really, because I'm I'm a massive like advocate mm. for like writing as therapy as well. Like I've done it with my own miscarriage journey, and I I highly recommend journaling or blogging to anyone who's struggling with any area of emotional stress, life changes, mental health issues, anything. Yeah. It's such a great therapeutic tool, isn't it? It's something that anyone can do. You don't have to put your mm-hmm. thoughts on the internet. Yeah. You can just put them in a journal, yeah. but like, it's such a great tool to use. Yeah. I'm a big advocate for it too. And I know it's been a, a massive benefit for you and now you encourage yeah. other people and to then, do it yeah, as well. And then, you know, yeah. when this happened to me, I mean, I was as well so great, as I said, so grateful having all these uh, people around me um, because, yeah, having all this help. And so, because, you know, I was always yeah. thinking, seeing my mom and so, you know, and it's probably as well because of the culture, yeah, the culture and mental health as well, you know. My mom grew up in Slovakia, used to be a communist country. Yeah. So, when it was almost kind of... People, it was not okay yeah. almost kind of like stand up out of the cure, kind of like, you know, you had to be like all uniform and everything kind of uniform and stuff. So I don't even know really um, if my mom, yeah. even if she would ask for help about so, if, if they like what services would be available or nothing like this, really. I mean, even we know like probably even 60 whatever years ago was had probably everywhere anyway to get anything like this you know 50 years and so so uh yeah uh but yeah. i was actually really yeah really grateful um that i had the help and then yeah i was two months after my accident didn't diagnose with ptsd because the you know flashback still persisted and everything really was there and i started to have anxiety because yeah. you know as much as I wanted to go home from um from the hospital I was as well I felt so safe you know being amongst these four walls and you know there's nothing is going to happen to you there you're safe you have a nurses you have a doctor's day you have everything and it's kind of like for me it was like the the system you know it can just protect me really like I don't want to go outside and so yes yeah, honestly, you know, like yeah, a cotton ball wrapped, really, you know, like I don't yeah. want to go out, you know, like that's what, that's where I got hurt and yeah. that's where all this happened, you know. Uh, but then I wanted to go home as well to my husband, obviously, so I was like, no, mm. I do want to. And then, and then you go on some stage, you go like, you know, I don't want this fear really to take control over my life neither. Like, yes, yeah, I know it was there and I know how hard it was to, you know, get yeah. over this, but I don't want to. Or is anyway trauma took so much away from my life and I and I cannot allow it to control everything in my life. You yeah. know? So I was just like, no, if we, we cannot like I yeah. cannot really do this. So I slowly had to go in kind of back to as well first first i got very kind of dependent my on my husband because obviously it was lockdown as well and all this thing and he was at home uh say so he was working mostly from home and he was yeah. there always to support me and so and then i almost lost my independence and so yeah i i really got dependent on him and then i was like and i actually would like to go by myself for a walk and so but first yeah as well don't trust yourself but then you know yeah, obviously you you read the Bible, you read everything, yeah. and you know this can you know kind of give anxiety and all and the God. But as well, having PTSD is is not exactly 
cells trade because having PTSD is actually a brain injury. So if you think that your brain cannot really work in that way, you're probably not going to think as you would otherwise. Like, yes, yeah, of course, I give my anxiety to God and all these things. Or if you cannot really think that so clearly, then it, it really, I think, first you need as well. You need obviously God, but you need to heal as well. And you need people around you and the support circle and everything. Yeah. So I, yeah, I was glad to take in the end. I was just like, you know, God, I give you a hand and slowly, like, let's just step by step, you know, because as well, I think making a big step or so is damaging as well, especially for people who go through anxiety and PTSD and so, so it's like, no, let's, let's just yeah. lead me step by step, you know, baby steps. Now I'll be fine. I'll just hold your hand and I'll be fine. And that's kind of yeah. how... How it, how is it actually until now still really? Yeah. Yeah. And so you've had, you've obviously been doing your writing, um, yes. as an ongoing project and encouraging others to do it. And you've had lots and of counseling now, yes. and, yeah. you know, you had professional mental health support. Yes. And it's been a real journey. And it's been a real journey, mm. but, you know, obviously you're not still in that place and you have really, you know, move yeah. forwards and kind of get yes, your life yes. back together now. And that's, that's incredible. And, and, and to be recommended and, and like, it definitely feels like what I love about your story is the fact that you're, you don't shy away from the fact that it's a process that healing isn't necessarily instant, yeah. but you know, it, it takes time. And like you say, yes. baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. And yes, you know, and it, you is, know, it I is mean, a journey, but you are I moving forward. Obviously, injury, physical and mentally, and I'm still in recovery, both for both mm. really I, i'm yeah. still in pain and so on you know i yeah. now got chronic pain and so on livid chronic pain is another thing you know um so uh, yes yeah it has been a journey and still is and yeah. and i always say healing is a journey you know and healing is so many things for different people you know i wrote an ebook yeah. actually a trauma survivor's guide and i say that now really what is healing like are we ever able to heal not Yes, yeah, but what is healing? Healing can be, healing is so subjective. Is it really for different people, something different? You know, some people just get out of the bed yeah. and so it's just amazing step forward. Some people like, perhaps they have a less flashbacks or nightmares and so yeah. it's already, you know. So it's really about managing our, managing the symptoms, managing the things and yeah. And it, it, it is really, uh, you know, grief is a heal, is a journey. So it's a healing is a journey and it really is. And it's never really even, you know, just, yeah. just like this. No, I had a setbacks on the way, you know, along the way I had a setbacks and yeah, it is. But I mean, trust God. I, I do trust yeah. God. I always say my faith and I think my positivity, um, got me where I am now and, I don't know what I would do otherwise. And, you know, my mom used to always say, actually, everything happens for a reason, you know. And at first, kind of when she said it to me, and she was then having a consent. So I first was like, no, mom, why do you say this? Like, why would somebody who is ill and so saying something like this? Like, why? You know, and now I kind of, I, I go like, yeah. you know, everything happens for a reason, you know. If, like... There is a silver lining in everything, I think, you know, and sometimes is it hard to find it? And, and it is okay, you know, 
is as well for me. Like yeah. we practice, for example, every night with my husband and gratitude since by accident, we're doing this every night. And every night we're trying to find things we are grateful for. But then I as well know uh, that there is not always like, yeah. it's not something it has to be forced as well. Sometimes you feel just like in this, like, God, it is hard. And it is hard, yeah. you know. And and I think and I think God wants us to, you know, as it says, come yeah. to me as you are. So He doesn't want us to, like, it's my blog calls you Neil Smiley as well, and I'm like all the smiley things, and I always kind of my mom used to call me Smiley, and they, even in hospital said to be Smiley because I was always smiling, and so you know. And I go I like, that. but then my my therapist actually said to me. Uh, Katie, it's okay not to be okay, you know. And I and I really had to learn this. And, you know, I I think yeah. as well, so is the gratitude. Like, I find it very, really, like, helpful. But as well, I know it is something that should not be really forced. And so, I mean, like, everything takes time, you know. And, and, it's, and it's better to give yourself time as well because like i said in hospital when i opened this pand yeah when this pandora box opened because before i was always just trying to okay something happened okay just let's put it here let's just put it behind like you know well it, it is not really we, we do need to feel in order to heal mm. so you know just just be yeah 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 that's right and mm. and i guess if you've if you've grown up in a culture that um, doesn't really acknowledge mental health and doesn't really allow much space for feelings and variation of feelings. And it's like, you know, mm. it's, it's quite a big lesson, I guess that, isn't it? And it's like, it's great to always be like happy, but also that, that idea that it's okay not to be okay sometimes. Yes. It's actually a really big deal to learn yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. When you know, not growing up in a culture that allows that space. I was thinking, uh, yeah. you know, uh, to actually, uh, yeah, there's like, like the Bible says, actually, uh, for power is made perfect in weakness, you know. So I think it's not just about really, faith doesn't mean yeah. always to just really be strong and so, you know. So it's, yeah, it is just come as you are, God says. So, yeah, and, and just let your, let yourself feeling those, feel those feelings and acknowledge yeah. your feelings and so because as i say if you want to heal you need to feel um so it's yeah yeah, yeah. i love that because i was just going to finish by asking you what's kind of one lesson that you've learned through yeah. all of this and i suppose that you'd probably say that's it wouldn't you that it's okay to admit your weak weakness your brokenness and and your your need for god and that actually it's like when we're weak then mm. God's strength is able to work through us. Yeah. So I guess, would you say that's I kind of big is, lesson? You know, I'm going through actually the pain and everything as well, process. I say. And, you know, yeah. God doesn't really want you neither to put yourself always last as well. I think that's another lesson I learned. Like I said, yeah, all those things. But as well, I was always thinking I have to put myself yeah. last, kind of like I have to serve God, I have to serve others, and then God wants me to do this. And so, but, you know, you cannot really pull from an empty camp, you know, as they say. So you really do need to... Look after yourself, yeah. after all your body is your temple, is the temple. So you do need it as well. And God definitely doesn't want you to put yourself last. And so, you know, and yeah, so I think all those things are still learning 
some of the things still uh, and sometimes it takes a long time but yeah i'm delighted yeah, <laughs> yeah no, exactly. lesson, right? learning all my life yeah. <laughs> yeah learning all my life i think we're all but, learning yes, yeah. Mm. yeah 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 i think all these lessons are kind of lifelong for most of us actually but yeah it's so true mm. it's so true that we you can't give out of what you don't have do you so you know it's so important to look after you and your own mental health. And yeah, I think that ties up quite neatly. Katie, it's, it's been so lovely to hear a bit about your story. I'm so sorry that, you know, you've been through so many hard things. It's so inspiring. Exactly. And it's so inspiring to hear your journey and how you're not defeated, but actually you're using, you know, your story for good, you're sharing it with others. Yeah. And, you know, I know there's so much more in your story that we probably haven't got time to cover here and now, but if listeners are interested in what you've been talking about around grief processing, around PTSD, around mental health, I know it will resonate with some of our listeners. And if people want to find you, find out more about your story and about the resources you, you offer, yeah, and so you can find tell me us where can we find you, tell us uh, all of yeah. And it's actually a journey of smiley. So yeah, it's my journey. It's a journey of hope and healing. Uh, so yeah, you know, and as I say, always encourage, you know, vulnerability and all these things. So really just, you know, acknowledge your feelings and everything. And that's what I write about as well. And I, uh, yeah, my email is smileyjournalsmiley.com. All the website is journalsmiley and all my Instagram and all the social, <laughs> yeah, uh, things are journalsmiley. So yeah, Facebook and so. But as well for, um, yeah, if, if anybody really, you know, if you want to share your story and so, I'm always willing and I'm always grateful to every drama survivors, you know, for sharing their stories because I think there's the message in this that, you know, you are not alone and so, and we can as well tell the other people that they are not alone. And so, yeah, yeah. as well said, I do lots of about journaling and so, and you find it on yeah. my website as well. I got a journaling teams and prompts to download if anybody needs, but as well, I got, uh, I just actually, I did, right, I don't know if you can see it. So yeah, I did publish a guide is a seven keys to self-healing and trauma survivors guide. Uh, so what I actually write, what I learn is, is my, experience by knowledge but as well discussions with the um, uh, you know with the therapists with the yeah. with the health professionals and so so yeah I, I just hope it helps other people as well that sounds awesome what a great resource well loads of great resources there actually so find you in all the places at journey of smiley and journeyofsmiley.com for the website. I guess we have social handles there anyway. And we'd just to say to listeners, we will link to all of these links through the show notes as well on our website. Katie, thank you so much for giving up your time and sharing thank a bit you of your so story much. with thank us you so today. It's been so great to hear it. I really hope that, you know, that it helps your listeners. And yeah, I hope everybody finds something for them in this. I'm sure it will. And if anybody wants to link with Katie, I know she'd be happy to link with you one-on-one -on -one and chat some more. So thank you thank so you. much, Katie. And thank you listeners for being here today too. And just like that, we have reached the end of another fascinating conversation. Now remember to check out Crowd Church at www.crowd.church, even if you might not see the point of church. You see, we are a digital church on a quest to discover how Jesus can help us live 
a more meaningful life. We are a community, a space to explore the Christian faith and a place where you can contribute and grow. And you are welcome at Crowd Church. Don't forget to subscribe to the What's the Story podcast on your favorite podcast app because we've got a treasure trove of inspiring stories coming your way and we would basically hate for you to miss any of them. And just in case no one has told you yet today, remember, you are awesome. Yes, you are. Created awesome. It's just a burden you have to bear. What's the Story is a production of Crowd Church our fantastic team, including Anna Kettle, Sadaf Bainon, and me, Edmondson, uh, and Tanya Hutzelak, work behind the scenes tirelessly to bring you all these fabulous stories. Our theme song is a creative work of Josh Edmondson. And if you're interested in the transcript or show notes, head over to our website, whatsthestorypodcast.com. And whilst you're there, sign up for our free weekly newsletter to get all of this goodness delivered straight to your inbox. So that's it from all of us this week here at What's The Story. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a fantastic week wherever you are in the world. We'll catch you next time. Bye for now. Oh,